Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. With each message and series from Pastors Tim and Nathan, we hope you'll discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the message. What's up, everybody? Happy fall. My name is Nathan, and I'm one of the pastors here at Liquid. It is such a blessing to be able to hang out with you guys. And I have a special message that I want to share with you that I call Choose Your Chair. This is a message I really believe will not just have an impact on you, but your kids, your grandkids. It could even impact your extended family, your circle of friends, your coworkers. If you can take this message to heart, say amen if you're with me. Say amen if you're having some expectation of God moving. Well, listen, I got to ask this question first. How many of you have a favorite chair at home? You guys know what I mean by that? It's a chair that's designated for you and you alone to sit in. It could be an easy chair or a recliner, or maybe it's a spot on your kitchen table that's your spot. The kids know they don't sit on it. The grandkids aren't allowed on it. If your boyfriend comes over, you make sure to let them know that you can't sit on dad's chair or he's going to kill you. <laughs> it's, it's your chair. If someone other than you is on that chair, you know that there's going to be issues. Now, my father-in-law has a chair like that. We call it Big Bob's chair. And it's just like this one right here. It's a recliner and you lean back and it's like you're being swallowed by a marshmallow. It is, it is comfortable. But you know, it's Big Bob's chair. So the kids know and their spouses know you don't sit in Big Bob's chair. The grandkids even know. The toddlers know they don't sit in Big Bob's chair. But the truth is we all sit in the chair. So Jonas, just don't tell him. Because <laughs> when he comes into a room, he expects his chair to be empty for him. Well, today, guys, we're going to talk about three types of chairs that all of us are sitting in. We each are sitting in one of these three chairs. But to frame this up, I want to take a look at a passage in Scripture found in Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 to 15. So if you have the Liquid Church app, go ahead and open that up. Let me give you a little bit of background on what's going on in this passage. Joshua had just taken over for Moses, and they had gotten to the promised land. So Joshua was with the people, and they're renewing the covenant they made with God. Imagine this like a vow renewal service where the, where the people are recommitting to follow God, to obey him, and, and to know his ways. And so as this is going on, Joshua addresses the people and he says this, Fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever your idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose. Say choose with me, church. Choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, the people of God had just gone through this incredible journey. God had rescued them from slavery in Egypt and was bringing them into the promised land. But they literally had gotten to the cusp of the promised land and they refused to go in. They're like, Joshua, those people are too big. They're giants. We're not going in. And so God had to wait for an entire generation to die before the next generation could enter in. And at that time, Moses had died and handed off leadership to Joshua. 
And God had commanded him to drive out their enemies from the land so the land could be theirs. And during this time, Joshua called the people together. He challenged them in saying this, hey guys, listen, you need to know this. We all got to serve somebody. Just like Bob Dylan says, you got to serve somebody. Who are you going to serve? As for me and our family, as for me and my house, we have decided that we are going to serve God. My wife, my kids, everyone in our household, we have made the intentional choice to serve God. So can I ask you this honest question here? Have you made the choice to follow God with your whole heart? Because the truth is that everyone who is listening to my voice right now, whether you're watching online or you're live with us at one of our two locations, you fit in one of these three groups that's represented by each of these chairs. Whether you realize it or not, everyone I'm talking to is sitting on one of these chairs. The first chair is for those of you that are committed to Christ. This is the Christian whose heart is fully and completely devoted to God. You are intentionally making time to spend with him in his word, listening for his voice. You worship him both uh, with people, but also in your own personal space. You, you live to honor God, and at times it puts you at odds with the culture around you. But you've decided, just like Joshua, no matter what, I'm going to serve God. You are living in what Paul, one of the early Christian leaders, calls the spiritual state which means you are in constant connection with the Spirit of God. Paul says it this way, those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. See, when you're fully committed to Jesus, you could actually know God. You have spiritual insight and wisdom that most others don't have. You can actually start to love God, love the things that God loves, hate the things that God hates, because you are committed to Christ. You know him intimately, and you trust him with your life. Now, there are those of us who may not be sitting in this chair where you're committed to Christ, but maybe you're sitting in this second chair here where you're compromised with the world. Go ahead and say compromise wherever you're watching. The person sitting in this chair has one foot in, in Jesus and the other foot is in the world. Their obedience is half-hearted. They'll obey when it's comfortable for them, but they easily cave to the culture around them. They have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe they prayed a prayer at one point. Sometimes they come to church, but if they're honest, they would say that Jesus is more of an acquaintance than anything else. Paul would call these kind of Christians carnal Christians. He describes them in 1 Corinthians 3. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal. Go ahead and say carnal right now. As carnal, as babes in Christ or babies in Christ. See, carnal is like one of those old words. It's where we get carnivore or chili con carne. It means of the flesh. The Bible calls our sinful nature the flesh. And when we're carnal, it means that we have not fully yielded over to the Spirit of God. Instead, we kind of follow the Spirit when it's convenient for us. But then we follow the world and that helps us out. And guys, this is what the Bible calls compromise. But guys, it's, it's so easy to stay in this chair. I mean, it's so comfortable. I mean, Oh my gosh, it reclines. This is, this is, all. there's cup holders. Oh, there's a massage function, man. Compromise feels good. Oh, my, my the knots in my back are getting worked out. This is, this is great. <laughs> but here's the thing, guys. Most of the church is sitting in this chair. Most Christians have compromised with the world rather than having a wholehearted commitment to Jesus. And then there's the final group. This is the group that sits in this chair and they are in conflict with God. These are folks who are considered unsaved, unchurched, uninterested. Maybe they heard something about God or the Bible, 
And they just try the best to be the best person they can be. They don't know Christ or his values. Maybe they think Christians are kind of weird. Paul would say that they are living in what's called the natural state. He says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. What that means is in our natural state, maybe we're born with this general idea that there's a creator, uh, but we don't have the supernatural revelation of who he is and how he loves us. When you think about Christians, you think they're narrow-minded, judgmental. Their beliefs don't even make sense. And maybe you've had experiences with Christians that have put you in conflict with them. You're like, they are so political and they're so judgmental. So you've never actually experienced the true teachings of Jesus. Everyone who is listening to me are in sitting in one of these three chairs. You're either committed to Christ where you're 100% sold out for Jesus or you're compromised. You, you mean you know the Bible, you've maybe been to church, but you don't do what the Bible says. You kind of leave what you learned there or you're in conflict with God. You consider yourself maybe an unbeliever. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, Nathan, you know, I may not be a believer, but I don't think I'm in conflict with God. I mean, if Jesus works for you, that's great. He's just not my jam. And if, and if that's you right now who's watching, I just want to say welcome. We're so glad you're here. And I understand you're probably checking out Christianity for the first time. So you need to know that from the perspective of Scripture, God's Word says you're actually born separated from Him. Paul puts it this way. He says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your sins. See, from a spiritual perspective, you're spiritually dead, which means you're disconnected from God, you're disconnected from his blessings, and ultimately you're disconnected from eternal life. So I can understand that that sounds like bad news, but I want to challenge you to hang in there because there's good news coming your way. But first, I've got to ask the question, which chair have you chosen? Which one of these three chairs do you find yourself sitting on? But can we have an honest moment here? Because I know some of you are like, well, obviously, Pastor Nathan, I'm sitting in this chair. I'm, I'm committed. I'm hardcore. But can I ask, if you looked at how things were this past week, how did things go? Would you say you were fully committed? Or, or maybe there is more of your, you know, more of you over on this cheek. Maybe, you know, you were kind of cheek to cheek between different chairs. <laughs> but you know, just like Joshua said, did, we all have a choice to make. Joshua said to the people, choose, choose this day who you will serve. You know, for Joshua, he had to think about that. He goes, well, that's easy. I understand that my enemies are in conflict with God and the world around me is compromising. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Say, serve the Lord with me, church. See, Joshua was saying, we are 100% committed these are our three chairs. All of us are sitting in one of them. We're either committed, we're either compromised, or we're conflicted. But Joshua put himself right here in this chair. See, Joshua was wholehearted, it says in verse 14, in serving God. There was nothing that divided his devotion. You see, in Joshua eleven fifteen, 15, it says he left nothing undone, which means when God told Joshua to do something, he just did it. He was a closer. He got the job done. And God knew he could trust Joshua with anything he told him to do. It didn't matter if it was trending on Twitter or whether his obedience would get him canceled by the culture. It didn't matter who he got angry with him. He just did it because he was sitting in this seat of commitment and he enjoyed close intimacy with God. Even when he had issues with his health or struggles with his job, he said, I'm going to keep persevering in faith no matter the cost. See, when you, when you sit in this chair, you may feel a little different 
from the rest of the world. You, you may feel like you're the odd one out. You, you don't watch the same things on Netflix or HBO Max that everyone else does. You have a whole different set of values and a morality than your coworkers or maybe even some of your friends. You actually want to intentionally cultivate a close walk with God. So you and your family regularly attend church, whether it's online or live, because you want to gather with God's people. Or maybe you've decided, hey, you know, we're, you're dating your boyfriend, your girlfriend. You've decided, you know what, we're going to wait until uh, we get married before we have sex because we want to honor God with our lives. Or maybe you're one of those parents who's like, hey, you want to make your, spirit, your kid's spiritual growth a priority. And so you make sure they're attending kids' church so that they can not just worship with you, but worship with their own groups. Because just as Joshua said, you're, you're saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, Joshua is saying we're all in all the time. We're going to serve God. But that's not what the rest of the people did. You see, while the rest of God's people gave lip service and said, hey, we're, we're all in, really in their hearts, they were actually sitting in this seat. They were compromised. And guys, you really want to hear, I think, one of the, the most sobering passages of Scripture that I've ever come across. It's in Judges chapter 2, verse 10. It says this. It says, after that generation died. By the way, this is Joshua's generation. It says, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. Think about that. Joshua, who, remember, he's like sitting, you know, in, in this chair. He's like, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then Joshua and his generation dies. And then one generation later, they're like, I don't, I don't know the Lord. I think I heard something about him. Think about that. It only took one generation to drop the baton of faith. This was generation A. This was generation B. How long would it take for generation Z? The question is, will this happen on your watch. This happens because we end up compromising our faith. You see, today in Big C Church, we've compromised in many, many ways. We'll worship Jesus on Sunday, but forget about him for the rest of the week. We'll worship God on Sunday, but then look at pornography on Monday. We'll confess our love for Jesus, and then we will tear apart our political opponents on Facebook. How can we say we love God and hate people? Guys, it's compromise. We say that we love God, but instead we're more focused on our career and the money we make or the lifestyle that we live. That's compromise. When you're compromised, you don't have to think about the issues that are close to God's heart, whether it's ending systemic racism, helping the poor, or caring for the environment, unless you want to. I mean, you get extra brownie points for it. But life is anything that you make it. You're living your best life now. It's all about you and your family and your friends and your tribe while God calls you to love the poor, work for justice, care for his creation, and see, what happens is we start to make these compromises. And at first, it ain't a big deal. No one notices. But then before you know it, you're far away from God. He's become distant. And you're distant to him. And when you're far from God, you start to drift into sin. First, it's little sins, then bigger ones, until you can't even recognize who you've become. And I think many of us find ourselves inadvertently sitting right here in this seat, haven't we? You know, during this pandemic, everything's been shut down. We were desperate for God. Do you remember that back in March? We were desperately seeking God. We were, you know, we were uh, watching church online. We were Zooming in with our small groups. We were, you know, trying to stay connected. We were delivering hope boxes whenever we could. But then as the weeks turned into months, we found that watching online kind of lost its novelty. You missed Zooming with your small groups one week, which became two weeks, and now it's been months. 
And now when you struggle with anxiety or fear or you have conflict, instead of turning to prayer or scripture, you turn to alcohol or pornography to numb the pain so that you can be distracted. And slowly, during this pandemic, your time and relationship with God has slowly eroded away and you can't even remember the last time you prayed or the last time you heard from God's spirit or served other people in Jesus' name. Uh, guys, you need to know this. Sitting in this chair will impact the way you love your family, the way you care for your friends, how you approach your coworkers. Your compromise doesn't just take you down. It takes down the generations that comes after you and those around you. Guys, the danger of compromise is it won't just take you down a bad road, but all of those that are with you. So I know that some of you are thinking, Pastor Nathan, how do I know if I've compromised? Well, here's the best way. If you're a parent and we gave your kids a survey and we asked them to let us know, hey, in the past week, how's mom and dad been in terms of being committed, compromised, or conflicted? What would they check off? Or what would your best friends check off? Or what would your uh, coworkers check off? Would they say that you're committed to Christ? Would they say that you're compromised? Or, or that you're conflicted. See, if that's you today, I want to plead with you, don't go down this road. In fact, my prayer is that by the end of this message, you can declare just like Joshua did, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But I understand, not all of you can say that. Because some of you are sitting right here, and you're in conflict with God. Remember, we had one generation that grew up that did not know the Lord. But then what happened to the next gener generation is terrifying to me. It says they abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. Guys, they abandoned the Lord. Do you see the sequence of erosion? They went to go and serve other gods, and it angered the Lord. It doesn't take much, but a slow and steady erosion to go from being committed to full-blown worship to something else. Because the truth of the matter is we all worship something. We just don't all worship Jesus. See, in America, we have lots and lots of gods, small g gods. We call them idols. They could be the cars we drive, the houses we live in, money, success. But it's in conflict with God because God said, you shall have no other gods before me. In other words, when you're sitting in this seat, maybe you don't treasure Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life because you don't have a personal relationship with him. Maybe you're more kind of conformed by the culture because you may not even know that there's a better way, that there's a God that has a calling and a purpose for your life. See, you may be in conflict with God, but have peace with the world. You're the type of person that you stand up for issues of justice and equality and you care for the poor, but you're doing it in your own strength. You're putting your hope in the systems of the world and transforming them. And those are good pursuits. In fact, I would even say they're godly pursuits. But when you do them on your own, you do them in your own strength. And you're doomed to frustration because you're in conflict with God. Maybe some of you here today are in conflict with God, which just means you don't have a relationship with him. And you're curious. You wonder, what is this God thing about? And guys, I want to tell you that the God who created this world, who created the universe, revealed himself, unveiled himself through his son, Jesus. So when you look at Jesus and you read about Jesus, you actually get a sense of what God is like. You see that God is compassionate. God is merciful. God is with us at all times. He will never leave us nor forsake us. We know that he gives us peace. He gives us hope. He has promises. 
He promises to be with us, that we'll never be alone in this life again. And the truth is, is if you're in conflict with God, he wants to make peace with you. The Bible teaches that you may be spiritually dead. Remember, this is the good news I wanted you to hang in there for. God says he loved you, created you, died for you, even before you knew who he was. Before you even were aware that you were in conflict with God, he loved you enough to save you from guilt, save you from shame, save you from the power of hell itself. Paul says it this way, because of his great love for you, God, who is rich in mercy, made you alive with Christ, even when you were dead in transgressions. And it is by grace, someone say grace, you have been saved. God's grace, his unmerited favor, God's grace says, I have chosen you before you have even chosen me. If you're here today and you're in conflict with God, I've been sent by him to tell you this, that you can, don't need to stay in this chair. You're not bolted down to this chair. You can actually get up from your chair and go straight to being committed to Christ because God loved you. He died for you even when you were in conflict with him, even when you wanted nothing to do with him, even when you're still filled with sin and guilt and shame and purposelessness, God said, I love you. I fully accept you. I gave my son to be a bridge so that you could get to me to save you from your brokenness, to make you a new creation in him. See, that power is now at work in you if you invite Christ to live in your life, and you can now influence and impact the world. So I got to ask, which chair are you sitting in right now? Which chair? Are you, are you sitting in this chair? Are you committed? Are you all in for Jesus? Or, or maybe you're kind of compromised. You got one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus. Or maybe you're in conflict with God. With a God who wants to bring you peace. And I want to tell you today that if you are either in conflict with God or you're compromised, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to step out of your chair and be fully committed to Christ. Because the stakes are high for how you answer that question. Which chair you choose to sit in. They don't just impact you. They'll impact the generations that come after. I think about my grandmother. My grandmother was born in South India into a Hindu family. So she sat in this chair. She, she never knew who Jesus was or anything about God or the Bible. And her parents wanted to send her to one of the best schools in the area so that she would have a great education. And it just happened to be a Christian school that she, they sent her to. So in that Christian school, she started reading the Bible and learning how to read. And she was learning about the message of Jesus. And as she learned about the message of Jesus, she said, I know that I'm in conflict with God, but God loved me enough to die for me, to send his son for me. So I'm going to get out of this chair and I'm going to sit in this chair right here and I'm going to commit my life to Christ. And that life where, that she committed to Jesus had an impact on me today. She married my grandfather. She, she raised her kids up in Christ and they came to know him. My mom raised me and, and, and my siblings. And now my wife and I, we want to raise our kids so we can say just like Joshua, that as for me and my house, we can go and serve the Lord. Because 50 years ago, my grandmother said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Her faith was passed on to my mom and now it's going to be passed on to me and I'm going to pass it down to my kids, to Sale and Wesley. So if you're committed to Christ as a parent, there is a high probability that your kids will also be committed to Christ. If you're committed to Christ, there's a high probability that your coworkers and your friends, they, they hear about Jesus and also want to follow him. But I also want to warn you, if you're a compromised parent and you're sitting in this chair here, you're not going to raise a compromised kid. You could be raising a conflicted kid. Guys, the, the people in your life, your friends, your coworkers, they look at your life and they'll stay in conflict with God. Guys, it's my heart 
to urge you to move from the seat of conflict, to move from the seat of compromise so that you can come to this seat and say, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. See, maybe you're here today. You're saying, I'm tired of being in conflict with God. I'm tired of being compromised. I want to be fully committed to Christ no matter what. Then if that's you today, you need to say in your heart, just like Joshua did, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, when the church compromises with the world, we're going to say, we will serve the Lord. When we're tempted to numb our pain with alcohol and pills, we will declare that we will serve the Lord. When we see the next generation walking away from God, we will say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When the world around us glorifies violence and immorality, we will not join because we will declare that we will serve the Lord. So today, I want to challenge you to choose a new chair and serve the Lord with your whole heart. You don't have to sit in the seat of compromise or unbelief. You're not bolted to this chair. You can actually get up out of this chair and go to a new chair. You can choose a new chair. Go ahead and say, choose a new chair. Many of you who are hearing this right now, maybe you're saying, Nathan, I'm compromised. I, I've been compromised in my faith. I've compromised with the world. And if that's you, I want to say that Jesus is saying, it's time to recommit to me to give me your full heart and to put your faith in me. And if that's you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray in a moment to take a new chair. And if you're here today and, and you're realizing, you know, Nathan, I've never really made a commitment to Jesus to follow him. I, I don't know what that would even look like. Well, I have some great news for you. You can make a new commitment to Christ. You can actually skip over this chair and go straight to the committed chair right now. So, we're going to do this wherever you're standing, right? Wherever you're at church, if you're in a place where you want to recommit your life to Christ, wherever you're watching, I want to invite you to stand up. Go ahead and stand up wherever you're at, whether you're watching at home or maybe you're watching on your phone someplace. I want to invite you to go ahead and stand up. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer of recommitment right now. Say this after me wherever you're sitting. Lord Jesus, I want to commit my life to you. I've drifted away. I've drifted into sin. And now I want to return to you, Jesus. I want to give you my whole heart, not a part of it. Would you take my heart? Would you take my life? Would you restore me and renew me in your son's name? Amen. Now I want to talk to those of you who are in this chair here. And now you're saying, as for me and my house, we're going to follow the Lord. And we're going to be, re we're going to be committing ourselves to God for the first time. If that's you, go ahead and stand where you're, wherever you're watching this. Go ahead and stand and hold your hands out. I just want you to repeat these words after me because really there's nothing magical about these words, but I want to help you give you the words to speak to begin a relationship with Jesus. Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner and I need salvation. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me on the cross, to give me eternal life, to give me a new hope, to bring me into his family. I choose to follow him today. I turn away from my old ways, and now I choose to follow God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, because I want to be part of God's family. As for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. And if you prayed that prayer, I just want to welcome you into the family of God. We're so excited that you're beginning this journey to follow Jesus. Guys, I'm praying that you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for listening.